Hey, we want to welcome you to this special time that we've got together today um, on this book tour of an incredible new book that's coming out. And the title of that book is When the Universe Cracks, Living as God's People in uh, Times of Crisis. And we're going to explore even the title of that book. Isn't that a great title? When the Universe Cracks. But I'm here with Dr. Angie Ward, and we are just uh, glad to be here with you. Now, uh, I'm going to introduce her in just a moment, but I, I just want you to think uh, as we start rolling into this about crisis, times of crisis. Um, if you don't know who I am, that's okay. I'll just tell you, I'm uh, Pastor Larry Wachemeyer. I'm the Director of Equipping and Spiritual Engagement for Exponential, and I'm also the uh, National Director of Multiplication for the Free Methodist Denomination, as well as pastoring here in uh, Long Beach, California, and I am just thrilled as a host to sit down with Dr. Ward and, uh, and share this material with you. But are you thinking about crisis for a second? I mean, come on, global conflicts, civil unrest, fallen leaders, health crisis, financial meltdowns, uh, the <laughs> world is ripe with strife. And when we face unexpected personal crisis or when society around us just seems to be crumbling, collapsing, we wonder, hey, why is this happening? And can God be trusted? And who can I trust to help me follow Jesus through this latest current crisis? Well, this book that uh, Dr. Angie Ward has put together um, called When the Universe Cracks. It's, it's, it's going to help answer those questions for you in your personal life, but also in your life as a leader, as an influencer in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and so I'm just really excited to be here um, and to just jump into this book. We're not just going to tell you about the book. We're, we're going to bring you some of the truth from the book. And so you're going to be inspired and in helped and enlightened just by joining us uh, during this time that we have together. So let me introduce uh, Dr. Ward to you. Dr. Angie Ward is a leadership teacher and writer with over 30 years of ministry experience in church in nonprofit, in parachurch, and in educational context. She's an, a, an award-winning contributor to Christianity Today Leadership Publications, and she's a highly regarded teacher and speaker. And believe it or not, she was a sports writer in a previous life. Maybe we'll get a chance to ask her about that. But Angie and her husband, they live in Denver, where she serves as the assistant director of the Doctor of Ministry program at Denver Seminary. Dr. Ward, welcome uh, to our book tour today. We're glad to have you. Larry, thank you, Larry. So good to be a part of this with you today. Yeah, so, 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 so good to have you. So, Let's jump in. And before we do, I just want to invite all of you who are listening to uh, send in your questions. Uh, we want this to be an interactive time as you listen to it. So send in your questions and those will populate in chat and then we'll get them to Dr. Ward so that uh, she can respond to your questions. So feel free at any time during our conversation just to say, hey, I've got a question about this or what do you think about that? Or what's the book say about this? Or whatever might be on your mind or in your heart. We'd love to hear from you. So, um, so let's jump in. I, I got to ask you, first of all, um, just 
personally, you were a sports writer. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all, all sports, what sports? <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually in high school, I answered an ad in our local newspaper in Wisconsin. Do you like sports? Uh, do you like to write? And so that started with me just taking calls from high school coaches on Friday nights at the sports desk. And then, but then I uh, became kind of a staff um uh, you know, when I was home on breaks and summers and stuff, and even through high school covering stuff. So a lot of it was, um, and then I actually did that for um, a newspaper in the Chicago area when I was in college early on. So a um, lot of that was like high school prep sports, football, basketball, that type of thing. Um, but also got to do some interviews with some major professional players. We actually had a um, IndyCar track near where I grew up. And so got to interview a, um, Al Unser Sr. and Jr. and wow. uh, Mario and Michael Andretti and some others and um, cover some major state tournaments, that type of thing. So, yeah, it was it was super fun. I, obviously, I'm still doing the writing. I still love sports. I'm just not doing them put together. Oh, I love that, man. You're legit. I mean, I, come I, on. I was. I, I was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was a big deal when I was 19, right? I already liked you. Are we now, all? Right. Yeah, I already liked you. Now, now yeah. like, uh, uh, how many doctors are also sports writers? So, right, right. Hey, this this title, uh, when the universe cracks, um, it, it, where'd you get that title, and and, and what's it mean? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love the title. I actually did not come up with it. We were we kind of working title was seasons of crisis. Um, which uh, kind of became part of the subtitle. But then one of the chapters written by Christine Jeske, she's a cultural anthropologist at Wheaton, and she refers to what she called crack in the universe moments and how crisis is a crack in the universe moment. And uh, we and the editors, you know, my editors looked at that and went, hey, what a, that, what a great title. And I mean, I agree. So, and the, the image on the cover, you can see it's kind of glass shattering, you know, and so... I just think it's, like you said, it's just an apt descriptor of crisis. This, you know, the universe cracks. Something's not right. You know, things have broken through. Yeah, I, I love that title. And um, this, is, this is actually, uh, if I understand right, Dr. Ward, it's the, the first in a, in a series from Nav Press uh, in their new Kingdom Conversation series. And what's the vision behind that series? And, and how does this book, I think this book is kicking it off. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And what's, you're right. It's Kingdom Conversations and what Nav Press, uh, you know, and, and so this, this book and then the series, I mean, it was born kind of out of the pandemic, but then they went, let's make this um, more of a conversation among disciples and not just a four views type of thing. And and maybe there's some other topics we should really explore in that same kind of more of a conversational focus or tone. And, um, and so this one is the first one, like you said, it comes in October. The one I'm editing right now will actually come out next July. It's called Kingdom and Country, Following wow. Jesus in the Land That You Love. And then the Working title, I know that's that's the eyebrows raised I get from everyone, right? And, <laughs> yeah, I love it. and then the the third planned one will be something. Um, I think we're, we're calling it something about um, um, the mar kind of about the marginalized on in society, you know, kind of thing. Um, uh, so yeah, so I'm un under contract for three, but really the tone for all of these, which is, and one of the reasons I love working with Nav Press, being part of the Navigators, they really view themselves as a discipleship publisher, and so. The tone on this and the reason we have 10 different contributors and the voices we chose is like we want people who have uh, kind of their disciples first and foremost, they're viewing things through discipleship lens. Uh, it's for people going like, really, how do we 
think through these, not just what do we think, but how do we wrestle through these hard things as followers of Jesus Christ? What does it mean for us personally, corporately as part of our faith communities, you know, and loving our neighbors in the midst of these, whether it's the universe cracking or kingdom and country or the least of these, which, you know, the next one. I love that. And I've always loved Navigator's emphasis on discipleship. And we at Exponential, of course, shared that passion and that priority yeah. on disciple making. So it's just a real honor for us to feature your book and to to really uh, hear these voices because you're the general editor of this book. You've, mm-hmm. you, you've brought this uh, these authors, these well-known, uh, very gifted authors together on these key topics. So uh, mm-hmm. overall, maybe just kind of frame, what, what's your hope for this book, When the Universe Cracks? Uh, yeah, I, I say the hope for this book and for the series, first of all, that that they open up conversations about these hard topics, but, um, you know, and like each, this book follows kind of um, a flow of going first, like, what is crisis? Kind of getting our heads around, like, what, what, what just happened, this crack in the universe? And then what does it mean for us? Um, Again, you know, like they're, they're designed to be like our own reflection, but also um, for churches or small groups and stuff. Just I, I hope that, first of all, we realize um, what we're experiencing. First of all, we're, we're all in this together, like around the world, people are experiencing this. And it's also nothing new to believers throughout history. There have been these pivotal moments or crisis, universe cracks throughout history. And then, um, you know, how do we not just hunker down, but look out for what opportunities, what God might be raising in those ruins. Absolutely. And we need that. Uh, yeah, we need that. Um, I, I know that this is not just a post-mortem of the pandemic. Um, right. While it, you said it, it was partly inspired by COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic, but um, how, has, how has the pandemic and the various ways, of course, that the Christian church has responded to it. How has that brought needed perspective on the role of crisis in general in the life of faith, in the light of human history of recurring crises? Uh, I, I love that this book addresses both that big framing and then, then gets more um, personal and, in, its, in its scope. But mm-hmm. talk to us about that for a minute. Yeah. So, I mean, they, and, you know, use the word framing, really crises are these reframing moments, you know, and, and the thing that's unique, like I said, it's, it's born out of the COVID um, pandemic, but honestly, you know, I wrote this where we were putting this together during kind of full pandemic and we, all of us hope this was going to be over by now. Right. You know, uh, and absolutely. so, but, um, and so, um, I think one of the nature of crisis, it's, it's things we generally don't see coming. It's things that, that put us off our footing. You know, I have a, a friend who's an, um, works in public health epidemiologist um, at a major university. He said, he said, here's this, this thing, this virus that like, we can't see it's this small thing and it's brought the entire world to its knees. You know? And so, um, yeah, these universe cracking moments are just times where, um, they're disequilibrating, disequilibrium, disorienting, and we don't like that, you know, individually and as systems and societies. I mean, we want to go back to comfort and stability, but right. really, we also look at the nature of change and of growth, and that happens out of those types of disequilibrating moments. And so, um, as hard as this has been, it is also an opportunity, you know, early on the pandemic, I'm sure you were saying this too, going like, 
okay, how's my life different? But how do I want to be different after this? You know, yes. and, and churches we see, of course, are doing that right now too. They, you know, for, they're still reacting to, you know, it became reactionary and, you know, it's, it's, it's can be good sometimes to be upset from our comfort zones. And I think right. as far as the church um, and certainly the Western church, it's, it's sped along um, some things that were already starting to crack. It reveals uh, the universe cracks and then that reveals cracks in foundations too. And mm-hmm. I have a, a pastor friend who said that, that really COVID kind of exposed all the unhealth in every area of our lives. So if we had as families, if we had financial unhealth, that, you know, we were maybe too much living on the margins, it got exposed. Things in our churches, unhealth, that's been exposed. Yeah. And so they, they're exposing things, which we would rather probably keep hidden <laughs> or as normal, what we think is normal, but their chances to to reimagine, re-envision from personally to corporately to even globally. Oh, I love that. I, I love what you're saying because I just couldn't agree with you more. God wants to take opportunities like this to uh, reveal areas that need his healing and mm-hmm. uh, that we need to grow in. And uh, as painful as it is, you know, I'm reminded of James' words, you know, that be happy when the way is rough, because then y- your faith has a chance to mature and, and grow. And, and as much as we dislike, I know just speaking personally, Dr. Ward, yeah, for me and my church, it, it's been a, a, a disturbing time, a disruptive time. Mm-hmm. And yet there are new things coming out there. There are works of holiness in my life that, that really needed to be done that this is brought to the mm-hmm. surface and uh, I'm having to deal with. I just, I just can't keep sweeping it under the rug and same thing for our church. And um, so as, as uncomfortable as it, as it's been, it, it's also, I believe been really a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still have a lot to, to learn and grow in, in, in how to handle it even more uh, effectively. But Hey, if you're listening right now, I want you to encourage you to, uh, to send in your questions. We'd love to answer your questions. Um, we're here with Dr. Angie Ward talking about a new book that's coming out that she's the general editor of called When the Universe Cracks and Helping People um, Live Well for Christ in Times of Crisis. Uh, when, I, when I say you're the general editor, and in fact, uh, mm-hmm. maybe we could put, put up the, uh, the way to purchase that book. Um, so just along the way, if you're interested in getting it, which you should be, um, you, you, can, you can actually just click on that and uh, go to that page. But um, when you say you're the general editor, uh, what's that mean? And what are, what are some of the topics? I know you bring together certain subjects uh, around the, the key subject. And... Um, and you've got people from different different places speaking into this, Doctor Ward. Mm-hmm. So talk talk a little bit about who who's speaking into that, and um, what are some of the topics, and uh, and how that's come together, and wh- what unifies these uh, diverse voices that we're going to read a, from in this book. I, I know a few of them, and the ones that I know are just awesome. I'm just I I Good. love what they write. So. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, so first of all, my role is general editor. And um, so I, um, with the publisher of Nav Press and kind of my editor at Nav Press, Dave Zimmerman, we start by, um, we kind of have the topic and then start start by kind of putting together, okay, what's the flow of the book, but then what are the, who are the voices we want to invite? And, you know, you asked earlier, what are my 
um, one of the hopes for people who read the book. The, another word that comes to mind is kind of redemption or redemptively. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I hope this book helps people view the crisis redemptively through a redemptive lens. Like you said, you know, this disruption, how can we, can, is there anything we can redeem from that and how can God use it? But so we also then look for authors who come from that same, you know, kind of a redemptive posture, not just a, a condemning or a finger pointing kind of thing, but hey, we're in this together. How can we be together as a people of God, you know, look at this and live through this and um, uh, again with this redemptive kind of kingdom posture. And so, and we also wanted, um, you know, a, a diversity of voices as far as different denominations or theological flavors, if you will, you know, different ethnicities, male and female, you know, we, we um, were very much wanted people from different parts of the country, different contexts. And so some of the chapters we're looking for, like we wanted some expertise in some areas, but again, all of it through that kind of pastoral personal discipleship tone and style, you know, and so, um, you know, and I'm looking up, opening up the, the table of contents here. So, you know, what we did, like the first chapter is what is a crisis? That's Christine Jeske. She's um, a professor at Wheaton in cultural anthropology. And she just mm-hmm. kind of starts out by going, what do we mean when we say crisis? How is it different from just a local problem? And what does crisis do for to cultures and to societies? And how does that disrupt us? And then um, then we go to Damon or D.A. Horton, and he's um, he's over on the West Coast and um, Hispanic. And so he's he takes this lens like he goes, OK, here's what it looked like globally. Like, here's how fast the, through the pandemic, like here's how fast it unfolded. Here's what it meant for our community, my church, my, you know, Western California or in California, Southern California. And then what did it mean for our family? What's this look like? You know, and um, and then we've got another uh, we got African-American Ephraim Smith, fantastic author. And I think he just brings a powerful prophetic challenge. And he says, uh, you know, his chapter, we titled it, he titled Crisis While the World Marches On. And that's a play on because while the pandemic is going on and even now still there's marches and protests and all that was unfolding, too. And saying he's saying, look, this pandemic crisis did nothing is nothing compared to the kind of the crisis of systemic, historical systemic racism. And so he's a challenge to us saying, you know, we could, are we gonna look at that as much as we are this virus that's going through, you know? And then my colleague, uh, and I'm pointing to his office across the hall, Dr. Marshall Shelley, he's, he's, he comes from the church history perspective and he says, um, you know, the a brief history of crisis. So he looks at like the fall of Rome and others. He says, this is nothing new for believers throughout the course of history. We feel like, you know, we, you know, I'm sure we've used these words like unprecedented and historical and all that about the pandemic, but it was just a hundred years ago, we had another one of these. And That's meanwhile, right. we've had several world wars and other things. And, and so he says, you know, what are some lessons we can learn from history? And then uh, my friend Sean Gladding, he's from uh, Lexington, Kentucky area, and he's an uh, uh, Englishman um, from Norwich. And so he's saying, you know, what's the Bible's catalog of crisis? And does it largely through um, the exile of the Babylonian people, like this idea, we wept when we remembered Jerusalem, you know, what is it like to feel displaced? Uh, and how did they respond to that? Uh, and then Lee Eklav, he's a pastor, uh, retired now just outside Chicago, and uh, has done a lot of work for preaching today. And so, and he just he writes, Jesus wouldn't waste a crisis. How did Jesus prepare his followers then and now? What did he leave with us to be able to deal with that? 
Uh, and then Joanne Lyon, she uh, um, was a superintendent emeritus with the uh, Wesleyan Church, um, and she writes a spirituality of crisis response, and she leads us through, I just love it, she leads us through lament and the importance of lament, and um, she does that with some experiences she had with Rwanda and uh, the genocide and how she saw people lament and redemption coming through that and forgiveness. And so she actually just kind of walks through almost a, a, a liturgy of re, um, lament for that. And then another friend, Kubom Lee, he's Korean American, but grew up, I believe, partly in Africa. I think his parents were missionaries. So like now he's at Missio Seminary in Philadelphia. And so he then turns it to like growing a church in the ruins and says, okay, what does this mean? What's this missional moment we have for the church? Um, and you know, again, like you said, it's disrupted everything. You're a pastor, you know, it's disrupted everything. Right. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so he's saying, what is the opportunity here that we can grow something new out of this instead of trying to go back to, and that might be the worst thing is trying to go back, you know? And then the last two are very, I would say very pastoral, Catherine McNeil, wonderful author. Um, she just said, he has shown us what is good. And so it's like our personal responsibility is still to um, do, you know, love justice and walk humbly with God and do acts of mercy and gives practical examples about how to do that in our own backyards and our neighborhoods and how she's seen that. And then Mac Michelotis, another great writer, he's written, he's a novelist and also like, um, also writes just a bunch of um, other stuff for NAB press. Um, and so he just writes, God remains good. And so it just really roots us in like, what you're feeling is normal people in the Bible have felt that and God is still here and God is good and you can rest in that. And so you can kind of see the arc of the whole thing. Like, what is this? Okay. What do we do with this? What, you know, biblically, theologically, how do we process this? And what does this mean for me? What does this mean for us as leaders in church and ministry and kingdom and personally? And so just a very much like, I feel like it's a regrounding at the very end from this cracking of the universe to God's still on his throne. God's with us in this. I love so that's that. the flow. And that tells you also just about who the author is in a bit, you know, you can see the diversity in their voices, but one of the fun things we did um, that we're doing for this series is we get all the contributors together over a zoom as they're starting to work on their chapters. And so, you know, you know, you ask, how do you bring unity or harmony? I think the, the word we try to find is harmony. Like they're not going to be unison. Right. We want them to all fit together though. And then bringing them all together was, is just really a really neat time to to everybody hear what the others are doing and make new connections and 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 brings that kind of harmony to the whole book. Wow, I I love that. Just uh, the description of the chapters, but also just the description of the diverse voices. Like I said, I know several of those, and we've had some of them on our exponential. I'm sure, yeah, at our national conference, and have been able to hear from them firsthand. And I, I love where the book lands. God is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. Around here, I, we, we're a large multi-ethnic church here, and we have mm -hmm. a liturgy that says God is good all the time, and yeah. all the time, God, God is, is good. good. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, we, we did a whole series around that. Uh, is our liturgy still yeah. true during yes. COVID? And yeah. absolutely, it is still true. But there are lessons yeah. to be learned and lessons that we've learned that have to be lived during the mm -hmm. pandemic in a way that we haven't been challenged to live those before. And uh -huh. when you talk about the word grounding, I, I think that during the time of crisis, grounding becomes so vital and so important for us. 
um, because we, you know, we're the land of earthquakes here in Southern California, and I've lived through several. Yeah. Um, wow. But you know, when the ground itself is shaking, uh, it, the foundation is revealed, and uh, so I, I love. I love what you've put together here because it sounds like something that would really take us in a process of deepening our foundation and our grounding mm-hmm. uh, because the subtitle of this book is living as God's people in time, uh, times of crisis. And how do we do that distinctly and differently than the, than the rest of the world? Um, mm-hmm. So um, we've got a question from the, uh, from the audience, and we, we want to take that as I encourage others of you to ask questions. So we're going to jump into our flow with this question. And also, we want you to know you can, uh, we're, we're providing a link where you can get this book. Now, if I'm right, Dr. Ward, it's not out yet, but it will be out next week. It comes or? out October 5th. Yes. October yeah, 5th. Tuesday, yeah. October so, 5th. So, uh, so a week from today. Yeah, so they can pre-order it or order it already. Yeah. So yep. uh, don't don't wait. Um, the the question we got in chat, and please add yours. Uh, what themes or early signs of new growth are being seen? Um, what themes or early signs of new growth are being seen? And I, I think they probably mean um, as a result of this crisis that we're coming through. Is that the way you understand the the question, Doctor Ward? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think of several, and I, I actually want to ask you too, because you're a pastor. So I want to see where you're seeing in your church and your environment. But, um, you know, I think of several contexts. So, you know, I think in our own personal lives, but they're all along the theme of this, um, I think it, the pandemic exposing and uh, the other crises of 2020. So the pandemic, the president, the United States presidential election, uh, you know, and, and the continuing fallout from that, um, and then the the uh, protests and all that. So, I think this this theme of things being exposed, like we can't pretend anymore that all was fine, you know, and and so we know that um, you know mental health, you know, mental illness, or just you know um, anxiety and depression are just a lot higher. People are very unsettled. It's exposed people's lack of connection or community. Uh, for us personally, and we've, we're seeing that as, as church leaders, you know, and ministry leaders. Um, I think it's exposed for churches uh, and, and themes of like how much um, we relied on oh, technology or in-person presence, you know, or or just on us knowing how to like being clear on how to lead. I, you know, I have a pastor friend who said, I feel like I used to, he pastor of a, a large church, and he said, I feel like I used to be able to lead from the deck of a battleship or coming from the top. And now I have to lead by sonar. You know, I can't see what's going on. I can't necessarily see what's next. And so I've had to get these signals and learn to interpret that. But um, so, you know, early signs of new growth. I think that the recognition of what's broken is a part of the new growth instead of just kind of pretending and shoveling some new dirt and planting some new stuff. I think a lot of conversation, I'm seeing the new growth is in the form of a lot of conversations yeah. and going, okay, now that we're, you know, right now COVID's not gone. These other things aren't gone, but things have, I'd say, stabilized for the most part enough that we're going, okay, this is a new normal. We've, we've also gone to, okay, we're not going back to what it was. We can't, we're living to a new normal. And what does that look like? And so I think things have calmed enough that we are having those hard conversations, which are, be- I think will become the catalyst to new things being birthed. I think we already were within the church world and Christianity, evangelicalism in particular, there were some 
um, fissures that we were seeing. And I think this has just, um, you know, you live in, in uh, earthquake land, right? So there's fault lines and, and it just exposes those even, they just become gaping things. And I think that's making some people uh, anxious or nervous and go on, oh, we're going to, you know, and it's like, these things were here before um, and leading to this conversation. So I think people are going, uh, I think people are going back to what is, is asking the question, what is essential for us in my life, how I use my time in our ministries, in our churches, in our leadership, like we're, we're going back to like kind of the irreducible minimums of who we are as human beings. Um, so I think those are signs of new growth. And it'll, be, wait, it'll remain to be seen what comes out of that. But I think that's foundational. We're kind of tilling the soil and working things up. I don't know. Yeah. What are you saying? I'm no, I, what I, saying. I agree. And I think you covered many of those lessons and, and, um, I, I see them as early signs of growth, and I'm hopeful we're going to have to continue to press forward in them because yeah. um, the, the question is, have we allowed this to be a, a disruption or was it just an interruption? And this goes to your, yes. your, your point. Great. If we're trying to get back to old, we're not going to see the new growth that God wants for his church from this pandemic. And so there, um, it, it's very interesting to me as a pastor, we weren't uh, video casting um, our, our services prior to COVID. And so now we have this whole new outreach, a whole new campus online where we're, we're seeing people get saved and discipled and even people rise up into leadership that, that are at the online campus. And so that's been so, so exciting. And yet at the same time, the, I think this crisis has revealed the need for deeper personal incarnational relationships that... Um, that aren't based on the program of the church. And I, I think mm -hmm. programmatic uh, advancement of the church is really being um, revealed for being uh, uh, an emperor with no clothes. And mm -hmm. um, so not, not that we're going to jettison all of the programs of the church, but our reliance upon them. And so going back to that, that deeper personal, talking about discipleship, uh, kind of paradigm that the New Testament church owned and really mm -hmm. lived out. At the same time as we're harnessing new technology and, and, and the church has been thrust forward into this new possibility with technology. So I think it's both. And, and um, someone has described it uh, for me, this COVID and, and the uh, other attendant crises, as we keep me uh, mentioning, because man, I was, I was sitting in my, house in uh, Sunday afternoon when 5,000 people marched in front of my house to downtown mm. Long Beach um, mm -hmm. by way of protest. And so th th there's this culmination or, or this uh, combination of crises that we're facing, but someone described it this way that uh, we're all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. And, um, and so we need to come together, um, yeah. and support yeah. one another. And I think your book really does this. Uh, I think it's, I think it's one of the support tools that the spirit of God is, is unleashing to the church, offering to the church in this, in, in this moment to hear these variety of voices. Cause like, I'm good friends with Ephraim, um, and, and just these different, different voices that need to be heard in this moment as, yeah. um, you know, as this unsettled disruption is uh, is opening up space, there's a crack mm -hmm. in the universe to learn, <laughs> mm -hmm. a new open door to learn. So, yeah, that's 
I agree yeah. with everything you said. And so if yeah. you have another question uh, for us uh, out there in Chatland, uh, go ahead and just put it in there as we're talking here to Dr. Angie Ward, who's the editor of, of, of a great new book entitled When the Universe Cracks. Um, let me ask you, um, what are some of the common assumptions contemporary Christians make about, about who God is, especially as it relates to our experiences of catastrophes and crises, because I think this is, there's this American view of God because of the comfort that we experience in this country that maybe we yeah. get some things wrong in our assumptions uh, about God. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we still have this idea that we're kind of this chosen special nation that we're immune from trouble somehow or something. And if you just, you know, um, you know, to several lenses, you know, with the pandemic, it's like, you know, we go, okay, in the, um, in the 21st century, this shouldn't have happened, right? And don't we have the, te- like, don't we have the medical, I don't know, you know, my great, my grandfather had to leave the University of Wisconsin in 1918 to go home, home to help on the farm because of the pandemic hitting his family. 100 years later, my kids had to stop, leave Indiana University. 100, you know, we, so we have this idea. And then, you know, the same time we've got, Houston was going through some natural disasters and f- freezing and stuff last winter. And I heard of people like, like um, taking, like drinking water out of their swimming pool and purifying, you know, it's like, so we're all really just one step from primitivism, you know? Yeah. And, and so we, we feel like we're the advanced society and that we're, uh, so I think, but, and so I think we, we um, view God through our lens of exceptionalism, you know, yes. and that we're this chosen kind of thing instead of, like God calls the rain and the pandemic and the, uh, you know, all this stuff on the just and unjust. And maybe there's a lot more injustice talking about the racial stuff. There's a lot more injustice than we've been willing to acknowledge, you know, and, um, and I think it, Matt Michelotta's chapter, you know, God remains good. It's like, um, I think we begin to question like, um, boy, God has abandoned us or whatever. And it's like, you know, he's still here. It's just that we had, I think, we need to cling more closely to him than we thought we did, or maybe had pract- acted like, you know, we may have, wouldn't have professed that, but, but um, in reality, we're there, there's a lot we need to take a close look. And, um, and so it's actually like, took we couldn't go to sporting events or do all these, you know, kind of things, or, or we're, we're uncomfortable with what we see as far as, uh, you know, athletes protesting and stuff. And, and so, um, Again, I think we look at God as a protector of our comfort sometimes instead of our, a disruptor of our comfort That's and good. what we can do. I mean, he wants us all the time more than anything we can do for him or our productivity. And so, you know, when that stuff gets chopped out, it's a good chance for us to reevaluate our view of God in all this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I just think our view that if we're following God, life and church will always just be up and to the right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and it's, it's not a biblical view of God. It's, 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 as you said, it's, it, it's born out of the, the comfort that we've experienced. And so when crisis hits, it's, it's, it's perhaps, um, much more disorienting than, than it really should be for us. Um, you know, so, yeah, and, and it causes me to wonder about just hard times and persecution and difficulties in the church being a catalyst for growth in multiplicative ways 
that uh, the early church experienced um, Mm -hmm. rather than, again, uh, just doing doing church better and better to to attract more and more consumers who don't become disciples, uh, who don't really move the needle very far forward for the kingdom. And um, I'm just thankful for everyone who comes to know Christ as Savior. But um, I think there's a there's a there's a quality to our followership that can be developed during times of crisis that cannot be developed anywhere else mm-hmm. and uh, or any time else. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what? Why do you think it's so important uh, for the body of Christ to really engage with this problem of uh, of suffering? We've talked a little bit about this already, but. Both, both in a personal, individual sense and in the corporate cultural sense, um, just just unpack that a little bit more because that's what happens when there's a crack in our universe. There's this there's this unexpected um, time of of pain or discomfort, and um, it, it we can either I've, I've I've watched this happen. A lot of people try and during this pandemic escape that, withdraw from that, disengage. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that. And that's not, you know, try, that's not the right response for us as believers. And even as you describe some of the titles of the, of the, of the chapters of the book, it's very clear to me that that's not where the book tells us to go. So yeah, talk yeah. just a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. You said, I mean, we, we, we kind of want to withdraw and go, it's almost like, I, I think I was Andy Crouch writing about you. I, you said disruption versus um, interruption versus disruption. I thought that was great. You know, it's like, I think it was Andy Crouch who said, is this all this going to be, a, um, is it a blizzard or is it a winter or is it an ice age, you know? And so yeah. that's three different responses, you know? And so I think we all kind of went all of this, the race, it'll all blow over the pandemic, the, you know, um, the, the presidential stuff, the political stuff, the, the, um, you know, the protest and the, the racism and the awareness and, and, you know, let's just go back. And, and, and so we're, we as Christians, evangelical Christians in particular, we're just not good at lament. You know, I, I, I say I've gotten tired of what I call evangelical victorious. And like you said, it's always up and to the right. God's great and God's good. Yes. And, the world is broken and we need to be humbled and come, you know, God's just not our conquering companion. You know, he's our companion in, in these times as well. And um, these are, you know, again, these should be opportunities for us to draw close to him. And really what, what is the minimum of like discipleship, you know, what is like to cling? We, we rarely have to cling to Christ. Yeah, you know, I feel like he's our companion, but we rarely cling Ooh. to him. Most of us, you know, and so crises of any type are, you know, whether it's historical stuff, you know, or, or even through like world wars or conflicts and that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, Christianity in much of the United States and Western, you know, um, world really has cost us very little recently. Um, and so, um yeah, I think it's a reframe. We really need to reframe and reorient around yeah. the cross because yes. I mean, it's it's only through the cross that we have redemption, and it's only through the crucible, you know, through cross crucible moments that we have growth and redemption. 
And, but yet, of course, we try to avoid all that. You know, we, yeah. preventive moments are great for everybody else, but I'll pass on mine. Thank you. I just want the growth and the, you know, and so how can we really learn to embrace and call out, which is, I love Joanne Lyons chapter because she just talks about the importance of lament and how that's such an important part of the process for our growth is to go, here's where we've fallen short as a society. Here's where things, the world, we're lamenting the world is broken. God triumphs in the end. We know the end of the story, but, 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 you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you're exactly right. L- lament is so difficult to us for, as evangelical American Christians, because it, it doesn't fit well with what we think is the, what you called evangelical victorious, because if we lament, we're not victorious, are we? And yeah. yet, as you, as you said, yeah. I, I, every pain and every suffering and every crisis that we go through, God's ultimate goal in that is that we, that we do cling to Him, that there's an intimacy that develops deeper and further with Him um, than we had previously. So he's always inviting us into a deeper understanding of who he is, his heart for us, his longing and his love for us, and our belonging to him. And, but then there's also this, um, this leveraging those things for our own character development, for our growth and holiness. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's Paul's Philippians 3 cry towards the end of his ministry, where he's still saying, I want to I know him. I, I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. Um, and, and his desire is to be more like Christ. And so my most painful times in my ministry career, I've been senior pastor here for 30 years, and there is without a doubt um, the fact that the last, uh, the last 18, 19 months have been the hardest, most difficult um, painful years of, of my ministry because of all of the, the division, disequilibrium that I've had to try and shepherd and lead through. And, um, and God has been faithful. I, I, just, I just want to come back to that. And I love how the book ends because it comes back to the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And we can, we can trust in that. And I can give you testimony after testimony of how our church has actually advanced uh, over these last 19 months. And yet the pain, the pain was real. The pain is real. Um, and so we, yeah, that's so important. Yeah. Cause you said, I mean, I just, you know, I think neither want to be clear, neither of us are saying down, I don't want to downplay. I don't think either of us want to downplay like the pain is real. People have lost lives. There have been relationships several over all the different crises of the, you know, the last year. So yeah. But in that pain, then what? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You were saying? No, I, I, absolutely. And then what? Um, and and I, I really think these voices in this book help uh, recenter us and refocus us um, around what really counts and, and really matters and what will help us grow um, individually. And as the big C church in America, if we'll listen to these well-seasoned uh, spirit-led voices that uh, that you have brought together in in this when the universe cracks. And so um, here, here's a question. How does a church focus on multiplication when there is division in the world today? You know, that's 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 our jam at Exponential is multiplication. Right. <laughs> well, that's right. what we're all about. Um, and so 
uh, probably somebody asking from that angle, but uh, yeah. how does a church focus on multiplication when, as, as I know from my own ministry, and as you just said, there's so much division, more division in my church has happened in the last 20 months than ever. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question to make sure I understand the framework that, you know, it's probably coming. Yeah. How would you, how would you an exponential describe or define multiplication? Well, it, we, we would talk about disciples, leaders, and churches. Um, okay. And, yeah. and, and, and um, yes. So. Yeah, that's great. I'll, well, I think that's helpful. Ahead. So, so, um, you know, I think my initial response is, I think we, we may have to go, well, which multiplication are we going to focus on, uh, you know, more right now? So are we talking in terms of maybe we need to focus right now on multiplication of disciples and leaders, and then the churches will come. I mean, you see throughout the New Testament, the apostles are pleading for unity within the body, right? Wow. And so that's a discipleship thing, and that's a leadership challenge. And so um, maybe it's about you know, it's the strategy of multiplication is not just up and out here, but what are we doing to really make more, add more fully devoted, you know, followers and disciples of Christ who can live in healthy relationships and conversation with one another, even those with whom we disagree. That's a, you know, a sweet smelling fragrance that will then, I think, is what people are drawn to that ten takes care of the the multiplication of the church's piece. There, I mean, it kind of it's like which of those layers, not that they're levels necessarily, of those three pieces, you know. And so, you know, maybe it's to focus on um, the multiplication, like of of disciples through unity and going through these divisions, and what is and and just developing us into mature, formed believers. Yeah. You know? No, that's that's an excellent answer, and we have some sayings around uh, exponential, like um, if you multiply disciples, you're going to get churches, but if you multiply churches, you may right. not get disciples. Absolutely, and uh, and also with what you what you win them with, you win them too, and so mm -hmm. that has to do yeah. with if we we win them with discipleship, and uh, then yeah. we win them into multiplying more disciples, and so. Uh, so yeah, the, the, this disunity is a discipleship matter. It's a, if, if they need to be discipled more deeply, if they're allowing these peripheral and important uh, issues to divide them, um, rather than maintaining the unity of the spirit as Jesus prayed in John 17, uh, that's a discipleship and a maturing uh, uh question in the life of a, uh, of a disciple. So I, I think you're right on. Um, and I think uh, there's also the division. I mean, the question is the division in the world today. And so I think, yeah. you know, the church is losing its privileged status in the United yes. States, you know, and so, so we go, okay, then not only was it mean to be a person, a disciple individually, but what does it mean to be a church, a body of Christ in this, in a divided world mm -hmm. where we're not, the privileged anymore necessarily, depending on which context you're right. in. So I think there's, there's that corporate piece of it as well. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great ad uh, because more and more the church is, is being um, marginalized. And I want to say misunderstood, although sometimes correctly understood, but yeah. we have to offset um, that growing uh that growing attitude towards the church by what, what Jesus called us to our good works to shine before uh, people 
that they might glorify our Father. And so it's getting out there with, uh, with humility and with service and with kindness, even as we are uncompromising in our stand on truth. And so yeah. um, let, let, let me ask you, uh, again, if you're listening to us, we're talking about When the Universe Cracks with Dr. Angie Ward. And we want to encourage you to get this new book that's going to teach you how to live as uh, God's people in times of crisis. And um, the link is there for you. And you can click on that in order to purchase it. But um, we're getting towards the end of our time. And so I want to ask you, Dr. Ward, what, what haven't we talked about in regards to this book that you'd really like our listeners to, to understand ab- about this work that's coming out? Wow, that's a good question. I'm just really proud of this book and this new series um, because, it, you know, we've just been talking about the division in the world. And so I feel like this could be a, I want it to be a unifying book, you know, a unifying conversation and not that there's not hard conversations, but um, I'm just really pleased. And there's discussion questions in there too, for, you know, that you can reflect on or do with a small group that really gets you digging into this stuff. And so, um, yeah, again, I'm still, I feel like you're probably too, like, you know, we're, our boats are rocking even as we're having this conversation, you know? And so, um, I hope it's kind of a unifying, stabilizing kind of resource mm. for folks. What is else is there to know? Um, I'm just excited about the series. It was really an honor for me to be able to pull together these these voices. You know, I'm listed on the front as a general editor, but but the ten folks inside are really what make the book so so unique and so special. And um, that discipleship tone, so I pray, just draws us closer to Christ and to each other in Christ. Um, as a you know, result of reading it and just having these converse, these kingdom conversations, you know. Yeah. Uh, so kingdom, I just love that. You know, this is an overarching thing, and then to have a conversational method of you know talking about these things. Absolutely, um, we are people of the kingdom, and we need to have conversations, especially around topics like the one that you have pulled together in this book. And so as you're listening to us today, um, we've been talking about when the universe cracks, living as God's people in times of crisis. And as Dr. Ward has said, um, and I so much agree in all the roles that I have, things are shaking still. Things are, are, you know, we're we're, we're maybe in the aftershocks, uh, but they're really real aftershocks. They're pretty powerful. And we need all the resources that can really answer um, and answer our questions and give us perspective and give us truth and uh, and stabilize our own our own faith, but then empower us to be uh, those who equip others to stabilize them, so that there is not a disorientation and a, dis, a disequilibrium that they live in because of this crisis or the coming crises, but we know how to, we, we really know how to understand and live effectively as kingdom people uh, in, in peaceful times, in good times, and in really, really difficult and challenging times as well. So I want to encourage you once again, just to, to order this, um, order this, uh, this book as soon as you can. And uh, I, I want to, pray before uh, we close our time. I want to pray for you. 
Dr. Ward and for this book and, and thank NAV Press for putting it out. And uh, before, before I do pray, I also want to just invite any of you that, um, that are in Southern California, especially, um, I just want to remind our exponential community that, that we have uh, four more exponential regionals this fall on the theme together. And uh, we would love to have you come and to be a part of those. Uh, together is a great theme for right now, pursuing the great collaboration. Um, and I want to highlight next week as we head to the Bay Area, October 5th and 6th, and then to SoCal, October 7th and 8th. And, and we just opened up some additional space to increase our attendance capacity for both of those locations. And so if you register this week, you can get two registrations for the price of one. Now, come on, that's a great deal. Uh, there are special codes uh, that, you can, uh, that you can access um, for that special offer for Exponential Bay Area and Exponential SoCal. So we want to just invite you to that. They're powerful, powerful times, and uh, we'd love to bless you that way. I, I want to pray for you, uh, Dr. Ward, and I just want to thank, thank you again, and um, let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for Dr. Ward and her work in uh, bringing together these 10 different sisters and brothers who love you and love your church and love your kingdom and whom you've gifted in particular ways to speak to your church on these topics that they write about. Lord, we, uh, we do need more equipping. We need to prioritize growing so that we can really live as your people, especially during times of crisis, so that we might leverage those for the advancement of your kingdom and as well as growing personally from these um, times that we're living in. Now, Lord, we're, we pray for this book, When the Universe Cracks. We, we pray that every person that should read it would find a way to get their hands on it and would be blessed by it and would be taught and matured through it. We thank you for NAV Press, and we pray for the, the ministry of navigators in NAV Press, that you would continue to multiply their efforts, Lord. And Lord, we, uh, we pray for Denver Seminary, where Dr. Ward yeah. gives leadership to the Doctorate of Ministry as the associate director there. We pray that you would bless Denver Seminary and that they would continue to raise up kingdom leaders that advance your gospel in our country and beyond. Lord, we thank you that you've just given us this time together. We thank you for everyone that will listen to this uh, webinar. And Lord, we pray that they might be blessed and encouraged, motivated, to go forth in all the calling that you've got for them. Lord, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Ward. We appreciate you. Thank you so much.